the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. In good news, L.A. skies are smog-free. And fitnesses, canals are clear. Nature has returned lovingly and sweetly and beautifully to cities shut down by the coronavirus pandemic. And that's the bad news, is that we, again, we're still talking about coronavirus. Remember last year when it was seemed so long ago when we were talking about the U.S. trade war with China and the tariffs? Will they be, won't they be more tariffs, less tariffs? Uh, will they sign, won't they sign? And then we go into this. Well, then we go into impeachment. Then we go into this. Coronavirus has infected over 926,000. It's killed 46,000 plus. Over 4,000 Americans. Over 13,000 Italians. Um, it's not good. So it's it's clearly the heavy backdrop to the United States economy and the stock market at this point in time. I see one analyst calling for oil falling to $10 a barrel. If that happens, we have more pain on the Wall Street. You're starting to hear Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump talk about more spending. That would probably be gasoline for the stock market in the short term. Today, we got the employment report, or as I lovingly refer to it, the unemployment report. This one doesn't really count. Um, because it didn't get the full impact of March. The U.S. economy shed jobs for the first time in a decade. The unemployment rate rose more than expected. Department of Labor released its monthly jobs report this morning. Um, unemployment jumped from 3.5% to 4.4%. That's a pretty big jump, 1%. But we're talking, do we go to 10%, 15%, 20%? What is the unemployment rate? So next month's number is going to be really impactful. Average hourly earnings, um, a little bit of growth there. A little bit of growth in the income as well. So the market's open. I should talk about that. A little bit lower. Then they went a little bit higher. And they're trying to grind higher right now. It's Friday. Fridays have not been good to the stock market with coronavirus in the month of March. A lot of the rally in the beginning of the day, people go, you know what? I don't want to hold on to this this weekend. So there's kind of a dump on Fridays. Pick back up on Monday if the news doesn't get worse. The news that could get worse over the weekend, situations like celebrities could get coronavirus. We can jack up the numbers from 20,000 to 30,000 or 60,000. When the numbers kind of explode like that, over the weekend, it gets people a little freaked out. Dairy farmers are dumping milk as the pandemic upends the food market in the United States. I always wondered what would happen to our farmers in the middle part of our country in a scenario that was kind of disruptive 
And so far, so good, minus the toilet paper issue, although that seems to be cleaning itself up, if you know what I'm saying. Um, Despite strong demand for basic foods like dairy products, the milk supply chain has seen a host of disruptions that are preventing dairy farmers from getting their products to the market. Milk was having a bad year. Or, uh, yeah, milk probably the last bad 52 weeks. Milk can't be frozen. Um, it can't be stored like uh, grain in a silo. So just throwing that out there. Some plays on food are easier than others. Uh, corn is falling. If you love corn, this could be a great year for you because the price of corn is falling. Um, obviously, you're saying, what's moving the price of corn, Rob? You seem to know everything. It's the fact that we're consuming way less gasoline and it's not being turned into ethanol. So corn farmers don't know what to do. It's lowest levels in more than a decade. So, And you know what you could do if things get really bad? You can buy the corn with the shuck still on it. Is that called the shuck? I know when you shuck it, you take off the, the outside leaves. I do not know biology terribly, terribly well, and I do not know plant etymology. I'm not very smart. But the decline in gasoline demand due to widespread COVID has basically said um, gasoline demand has dropped roughly 6.7 million barrels last week. And that's why LA's got beautiful skies right now. That's why Venice has beautiful canals. Uh, we're not polluting as much as we usually do. Ethanol use may seem uh, on a total decline, trending. But short term, it's fallen apart, and obviously corn goes into ethanol, and you get the idea. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about it. March non-manufacturing index came in at a reading of 52.5 versus 45. Again, a lot of these March numbers are going to be the bridge towards things getting worse in April. Um, so we know the economic data the next couple of weeks not going to be pretty. We're pretty comfortable with that. Economy have lost 150,000 jobs in March, according to the Employment Situation Report. The energy stocks, oil prices um, doing well right now. They're probably, I don't want to say leading the market, but there is some truth to that, in my opinion, um, because oil had fallen 60%, 50%, 60%, depending on the stock or the commodity, what you're looking at. Um so they're kind of getting a bounce back. It's a lot like Rob, someone asked me the other day, hey, Rob, what are you doing? And I said, if I were to talk short-term commentary, which I tend not to do a lot of, if we believe that China kind of went into a recession, a manufacturing recession, a consumer recession, if we believe that they got out of it, and that if you kind of think regionally, Asia, North America, Europe, I don't know why no one ever talks about South America and or Africa. I, I get why we don't talk about Antarctica, um, but... Asia was probably the weakest in the first quarter. The United States will probably, North America will probably be the weakest in the second, maybe tied with Europe. And then as we come out of it, it'll go the same order that it went in as far as stock markets go. If you're looking for downside managed risk in situations like that, that's just very specific commentary on a very general topic. So that's out there. Larry Kudlow's on Bloomberg this morning chatting it up. He says he does not expect President Trump to change current tariff policies. Uh, lighten up, Donald. We need the economy to 
not tense up or freeze up here. Tesla's up big. And someone asked me the other day, like, hey, um, why? And I'm like, well, they're a global company. And they reported better than expected production and delivery results. Um, they produced 102,000 vehicles, delivered 88,400 that topped analyst expectations. Um, they've begun deliveries for its new Model Y. They're going to begin them. Um, they began them in the month of March. So they're not reporting major hiccups. And when you say we're delivered the Model Y already, there will be some strong demand for it. And when you say we're delivering it already and you add nothing else, if you add, oh, and we're experiencing some hiccups and some productions and uh, we won't get quite the production that we want this year. Didn't say that. That's that's missing. So Wall Street takes some some guidance in that and some kind of like some acceptance that maybe it's not that bad kind of scenario. I'm not telling you how to think, um, but it is a massaging process. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, let's have a fun show today. Let's do something a little different. Let's 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 stretch out the ideas. Markets are essentially unchanged right now. You don't see that very often. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocus financial.com catch rob black and rob black and your money live on the bay area airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on am 1220 kdow and streaming live on the kdow radio app or kdow.biz it's almost as if you get into a passionate um, romance with someone and after four days you decide i'm gonna get married it, and then two days later you're like no i'm gonna get divorced it you want this kind of this break from a long running bull market to a bear market. You kind of want to you want to scare a couple more people out. You want to invite a couple more people in. You want to give more people time to get out. You want to invite more people in, and you kind of want to reset a little bit. People ask me how far do I see the market going? Low, lower, lower. And at this point in time, I could see the Dow easily going back to nineteen thousand, maybe a little bit lower. And this is a rare time that I go double bottom. Double bottom is a technician's term. It basically shows me at one point in time, and it's a debut. And the double bottoms are the low points on the debut. And the market goes straight down. And then it goes, bounces up a little bit, but it it slides back down. And that's your double bottom. I kind of want to see that kind of action where we go, okay, I I could dislike the Dow at 20,000, but I could like it at 19,000. Or it's still not good enough. The economic data is bad, so maybe we'll let it break below and go to 18,000. And then we have to search for a new bottom. Right now, we're we're saying, let's say, let's hold 18, baby. Let's hold it. You know, is the ship going to hold? Um but we have to kind of get get through that process. If it's a one-day turnaround, there wasn't enough pain. If you lost in your 401k 25% in March, and you opened up your 401k statements in the end of March, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm down 25%. You forget that you're also up 350%. You forget the 10-year bull market that got you to where you were slightly overvalued and then you mix in a pandemic flu shutting down world economies with a overvalued market and you're going to get an oversized reaction to the downside i'm okay with all of this i'm cool video games are soaring video game sales are soaring 
coronavirus is leaving millions trapped in their homes. Guess what else is soaring? The divorce rate in China as they've come out of their homes. Warning, ladies and gentlemen, warning. <laughs> this is what uh, is coming up for us. With more people staying at home, authorities are putting extensive social distancing measures in place. Video games are doing well. Activision Blizzard's first-person shooter, Call of Duty Warzone. It launched in uh, on March 10th. It saw 30 million players in 10 days. It's kind of a, uh, I'm not going to say a poor man's Fortnite, but it's going after that kind of model. Nintendo's got the latest installment of a game called Animal Crossing, which I'm hoping you're not letting animals cross the roads and running over some and not. I don't know what Animal Crossing is, but if that's the theme of the game, we have lost it as a society. And it is time for the, the damn dirty apes to come take over. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So corn prices are down. You can always use the, the, the shuck for toilet paper. If prices drop enough, you'll go, hey, toilet paper is way overpriced. I can just buy corn. <laughs> I hope we don't get there either. So 800-516-1220. Nancy Pelosi's talking today. And yeah, dirty little secret. And if you haven't gotten this thesis out of the whole COVID from listening to my show, I think our government will continue to spend money and more money and more money to continue to keep an economy up. Um, instead of letting capitalism take over, we go, we love capitalism sometimes, but we really want to take care of all the people that capitalism can leave behind. We can't really afford full-out socialism, and it, that's where you start getting in the political, like, eh, careful. And what is socialism? Like, hey, do we have good health care? Do we not have good health care? Like, I don't even want to get into that. But I have a very cynical view that we'll spend our way out of this. So if you are one that thinks the government just locks up and lets us spiral down, you probably don't want to be in the stock market um, because you're going to be uncomfortable. But then again, I'd rather be in the stock market and be uncomfortable than not be in the stock market. Um, so Tesla's doing well. Ford and General Motors are not. Two things, or one thing that you could, two things I guess you could look at is Tesla doesn't have unions, and Ford and General Motors does. And I'm not anti-union. I don't want to end up like Jimmy Hoffa, um, who I don't know where he's buried, but he's buried somewhere, right? What a weird mystery in American. What a weird mystery in American history. Mystery in history. Wow. American history. Um, da, 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 that came out just weird. But um, so Ford and GM's got a lot of legacy costs, a lot of pensions. Oh, and that's another thing that we could expect out of the last month and a half. It's decimated a lot of pensions. So your mother works for the state of California. Um, they say, hey, if you work 30 years for us, we're going to give you a pension until the day you die. We'll give part of it to your spouse. If you buy extra, you can get double coverage. There's these games that the pensions play, right? But in the end, the pensions have to fund, uh, have to invest in the stock market. And you would think, hey, we had this glorious run. How could a 20%, 30% market correction ruin pensions? <laughs> Though, trust me, they were betting the wrong way. Um, so mom still needs her money. Grandma still needs her money. My mom's mom. Like We all still need the pension money because people were promised it. They should get it. But when the stock market goes down, that size, that asset goes down too. Um. Think about a lot of the charitable giving, and I'm not 
calling for you to feel bad for anyone. But a lot of things like museums, they get a S ton of money, a big old ton of money in an endowment for like Apple say, well, here's $2 million for Apple stock. But if Apple stock goes down, Apple still gets that. We gave you $2 million write off and you get an asset that just went down and you're expecting to, you know, maybe get income out of it or what have you. And it's going to take three to five years of stock market gains to get the pensions back to where they were. Just like it's going to take four to five years for the people to recover wages lost to the coronavirus. But the government stimulus checks are nothing. And, you know, we, we can't get excited by that, in my opinion. If you work for a small business, hopefully your boss is going through the Small Business Administration's loan documents and loan guidelines that just launched today. From my cursory look at it, it is egregiously, egregiously um, written so that there will be a lot of uh, people who take advantage of small business administration loans that really shouldn't. Um, and there'll be a lot of people that pocket money on the small business side and not necessarily pass it on to their, their employee, which is kind of what the whole business loan is all about. If you want a copy of that package, CFP at Chad Burton has put something together. You can go grab it right here, right now at www.newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, it'll be on that site in the next couple of days, but if you want a copy of it for the weekend, read over, drop an email to Chad, chad at newfocusfinancial.com, and just ask for the stimulus document. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. You can also find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Interesting times. Market's not really doing a lot today, and on Fridays, that's... I didn't hear a 10. I didn't hear it. it maybe. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It is the year of COVID. Until it becomes the year of the political election, until it becomes, does COVID come back in the fall end or not? Things along those lines, we can't really predict. Markets open sideways. Maybe we're trending a little lower. Maybe we got that Friday action going on where no one really wants to hold in case bad news hits over the weekend. Fridays have been bad for the last four or five weeks, but making one good. CFP Chad Burton joining us here to talk a little bit about COVID and investing and other thoughts that are on your mind. How are you, Mr. Burton? Well, I'm better than any uh, SBA officer would be today because <laughs> they're going to have a really busy day. Yeah, I saw Bank of America's site is up and going, and that's being celebrated in the financial media as um, massive delays not coming. Someone pulled it off. What are your thoughts on what's going on there? Well, uh, I mean, the the bank that I have have been watching their emails come out, and for example, they were I woke up to an email that they sent out late last night saying, "Oh, there's some update to the SBA application for this payroll protection program, so we'll let you know when our system is ready." Um, so I guess they're not on is is on track as Bank of America is, but. This Payroll Protection Act, where you can basically go get a uh, loan that can end up being forgiven for two and a half times your average monthly salary if you're a business owner. There's even options, though, Rob, for self-employed or sole proprietors. 
Um, there's all sorts of crazy things. There's, there's also things called independent contractors, which everybody is wondering what that means in terms of this law. But there's a lot of people that are self-employed that have zero income. I and mean, we can imagine a lot of real estate agents, mortgage brokers, or um, well, mortgage brokers are probably still somewhat busy with refinances, but not purchases. Um, so there, there are a lot of options. There's only so much money. So today, uh, business owners can do it. Next, I think it's on the 10th. Then you have the um, uh, other group of people, like the small, the sole proprietors and things like that, can qualify, uh, go apply for this loan. But there's only so much money, so it's kind of a first come, first serve basis. So you're probably going to see another round of stimulus to try to get money into the system. And I think the biggest problem with it is that there's a lot of businesses that are going to go for this payroll protection loan that as long as it's used to keep people on payroll, um, it can be a significant loan that can be forgiven for a business that's still fully operational through this process. Because there's a lot of businesses out there that are still fully operational. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, and so it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of an odd program. It's... Um, uh, you know, we, we need the help because we're going to look back at time and, and we're going to say, okay, there was, there's like this, this gap in the timeline of financial markets where everything just stopped for a quarter, maybe two, and people have forbearance on their mortgages and even their multifamily properties. So people, if they're not going to pay rents, the people that own the properties aren't going to pay the banks. They're not going to affect their credit. And we'll all eventually move on from this. Now, there's going to be some demand that's never going to come back again. Um, like I doubt I look at Carnival Cruises and I'm like man that stock is so cheap but I don't ever really want to own a, a, a cruise stock again right it would be a tough um, sell for clients it's like owning a tobacco company they're like why can't you find something else same thing with cruises at this point <laughs> in time it's even like oil companies now right it looks so cheap but uh, you're going to see a lot of dividend cuts there I will say Rob I was having a really interesting conversation with some clients that still will go on cruises. They love cruises so much, they're not going to skip a beat as soon as it's all over. They're, they're already starting to look to book stuff because they have a pretty positive attitude about it. And they actually think they already had it a month or two ago, okay. um, the COVID. And COVID. they're like, well, if we, we hear if we own shares of Carnival, because they use Princess Cruises, that they get all sorts of discounts just by owning 100 shares. So they, they might go buy it in their own retail account. Kind of interesting stuff. Not a great investment strategy, but I'll go with it. <laughs> if they're big cruisers, you know, you always try to find some solutions in the problems. Um, what are you thinking about the stock market these days, Chad? And oh, by the way, people can contact you, and the website is going to be updated very soon with some COVID specific information on these loans and other things. But people can go to newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com, and get a lot of these downloads. What are you thinking about the markets these days? Because in a way, it's kind of toned down. The volatility has gone from crazy record volatility to it's still volatile, but not as bad as it was a couple weeks ago. Right. I mean, we were up above 80 on the VIX. I think we're still around 60. I haven't checked it today, but, um, uh, you know, before we were at 13, so it was way too low. There was way too many years where we had, you know, not enough volatility and then boom, it explodes. Right. Um, here there's all sorts of things that are going on. And first of all, you know, in terms of this is the definitely the most volatile quarter. The first quarter was the most, most volatile quarter that I've ever seen in 25 years in the business. And, you know, you and I have been through the tech correction, 9-11, the credit crisis. We've been through currency blowups and, and, and uh, hedge fund blowups that affected the overall market. This was the craziest ride in terms of 
you know, a rally up to February of 5%, a decline of like 35, a big jump of about 20%. I mean, it was, it was pretty nuts. And, you know, I think that we'll be a lot higher five years from now. I think that people that have cash should be averaging in. Um, a good strategy that we're using for people that have had cash on the sidelines, they've been afraid to get in in the past because they felt the market was too high, is I'm just averaging in every two weeks. We set the portfolio, we set the policy for the portfolio in terms of how much large cap, small cap, mid cap, um, lighter than an, an international than ever before, um, and just, just start averaging in because stuff is cheap. I mean, small and mid cap are still off 35% from, from their highs. And that's where people make a lot of money in the long run. Now, what I will say is um, when I do small cap investing and mid cap investing, a lot of times I'm a good portion in, in indexing and a good portion in, in actively managed. And I'm looking more towards the actively managed side now because there's a lot of cheap small cap companies that are still growing, but they have to have enough cash on their balance sheets to get through the next two quarters right, of, of, of a slowdown. Um, so there's kind of this swing back to a little bit more active management in certain asset categories. And if you look at what I talk about all the time, that strategy of dividend achiever stocks, of, of investing in companies with real solid balance sheets, low leverage, um, di- uh, payout, uh, free cash flow and payout ratios of under 55, they have performed really well through all of this um, in terms of the S&P 500 and, and other asset categories. So. Um, I think the market's going to be a lot higher five years out. Um, I don't know about you, but this is, to, to me, this is not uh, a 2008 and 2009 situation. I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? How do you feel about it? <clears throat> yeah, this, I, I think every recession is different, and it's a silly thing to say out loud, but this recession will be different than the last one, which will be different than the Great Depression, which will be different than the, the 90s. Uh, we've been through it all. Uh, this seems to be very self-induced. And like you said, you already have clients who are waiting to go on a cruise again. I get it. Um, I'm waiting to spend some money again. But in the short term, I'm actually looking at it as positive. I'm shoring up my balance sheet, and I'm not spending as much on restaurants. Um, So I I see some positives. But we came into the year a little overvalued, and we came into the year not seeing COVID. And I think that was a one-two punch. I'm just happy that we haven't got another third punch while we did with oil. I'm just happy we haven't got a fourth punch, if you know what I'm going well, for at this point. Yeah, and we almost got that third punch. I mean, well, we had, okay, I mean, there was really, the oil was a third punch, but as far as the fourth punch, the, the what happened on March 9th, if anybody looks at bond funds in their 401k, especially the more you know aggressive ones, uh, you saw even normal conservative bond funds pull back like 6 7%, and some of the more aggressive ones pull back 13%, sometimes more. Um, and what happened was is that there was such an outflow, so such a heavy selling um, that BlackRock had the biggest outflow on their muni platform in history. And so there was all of a sudden no buyers of bonds. It was only just sellers. But the Fed came in and backstopped that on, on uh, March 23rd, and the credit market started working really well again. And... Last week and the week before, Rob, we had the biggest in- issuance of investment-grade corporate debt or bonds right. in our history. The bond market and the credit markets are working extremely well. In 2008 and 2009, they were broken. Balance sheets of banks were upside down. They were over-leveraged. They were failing. There was no credit for anybody to access. Can I it, ask? it was a disaster. 
during this COVID lockdown, are your kids starting to get tired of you pointing at the TV screen and say, look at that, look at that, look at that. That's a double bottom. Or look at that, look at look at that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my kids oh, are getting tired I, you know of financial lessons. Honestly, I've been in front of my computer 12 to 14 hours a day, you know, dealing with all this stuff and doing research. So I, I, I don't even know if they're still here. They might have left. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I might all have beards the next time you see them, including your daughter, which would not be a good thing. Um, with that beard. said, Chad, you got about 30 seconds. You want to plug yourself or talk a little bit about the weekend or what are you doing? Thoughts? Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, um, by the end of the day today, we'll have a lot of stuff up on um, the the CARES Act, whether it's stuff for personal, like no more requirement of distributions, how the rebate check works. And then also for small business owners, um, remember today is the application process that starts. So I couldn't keep up with all the emails on the request, so we're posting a PDF, several PDFs on the website by the end of the day. So go to chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com to get them. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm not saying that we've gotten through the worst of it. I don't know what's going to come out as far as stories and as far as deaths. I can't predict how we might react if we hear Princess Meghan or Prince Harry got the COVID. I don't know. Maybe that would be the thing that causes us to lose our minds. Um, we're dealing with a market that's dynamic and sometimes I have to ask you to believe in the system, the system being that this is a market that's been dynamic for a hundred years and it's gone through many things. World War one, World War two, Vietnam, Korea, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, uh, major political figures assassinated Kennedy to Reagan, for instance. Um, we've been through that. We've gone through a major act of terrorism. And I will tell you, we will probably go through another. We will probably go through another really bad thing, high oil, low oil. A um, couple of years ago, we're you know, marching in the streets for uh, right you know, quality of life paychecks. Uh, next year after that, markets at our all-time highs, and we're like, eh, we don't really care about quality of life because we do, but we don't. But every year, there's going to be something out there, in my opinion. It's, it's rarely we're going to go through a year like, huh. You know, sometimes it's like Japan's uh, got a tsunami and their nuclear reactor melts down. Sometimes it's China being aggressive and, you know, sending a aircraft carrier around Japan and like, hey, we're still bigger than you, nah, 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 kind of thing. And uh, we get a little tense on what happens if that disrupts semiconductors from Asia to the United States. There's always going to be a wall of worry on Wall Street. And um, the sooner you get that, the better. And it'll make you a better investor. There is every single year reasons not to be confident. Um, And if you were to take a look at any given year, there's stories there. So... Story stocks are not typically, and I was going to ask Chad about this, but I didn't get a lot enough time in. Boy, if you ask that boy a question, he can ramble on for three minutes. No. Um, I was going to ask him the question of, are you going for any COVID investments? 
um, like video games or are you going for COVID investments like the cure for COVID, the biotech companies that are being rumored? Are you going for the more healthcare in our life next year? Now, I think most of America gets the idea of um, whether it's true or not, we're reporting heavily that old people are dying of coronavirus. And the coronavirus is a strain of a flu. And we know that flu shots happen once a year. Will we now get more flu shots? Will you do the investment trend of GlaxoSmithKline? Nancy Pelosi saying the United States is going to need a fourth stimulus bill. Congress should provide more money for states and cities. Two trillion stimulus bill was just down payment. More money for small businesses needed immediately. And we just started that small business loan application thing where I don't know if you picked up on it. Chad said there's only so much money there, and it's a kind of a first come first serve kind of thing. I know a couple business owners yesterday that were lining up for it. It's going to have huge demand. And the terms of the money has to be used to save an employee's salary is very, very up for, how shall we say, interpretation. But it'll be stimulus money. Someone will get it. Someone will stimulate something with it. Oil prices are seeing limited reaction following a report that President Trump is considering shutting off production in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> I can almost cry. Yesterday, Trump said, I'm going to call Putin, or I've called Putin and the head prince of Saudi Arabia, and I'll get this price of oil moving higher. I'm going to get those guys shut down because we're the same people. Now, today, he's shutting down. He's thinking about shutting down oil production in the Gulf of Mexico, saying, hey, if you're a driller out there, you better shut down, or I'm going to send planes and bomb you. This, you can't make this stuff up anymore. So... Um, yeah, there's that. So names that are in play today because oil's moving higher, Apache, Pioneer Resources, Baker Hughes. If you and I came up with an idea of like, hey, um, in our backyard, let's put it, let's get a big drill and drill for oil because I, I feel there's oil down there. We can't do it. Baker Hughes can do it. EOG Resources, Capital Oil and Gas, Holly Frontier, Occidental Petroleum, Marathon Oil, all moving higher as a group today because we feel... I don't want to say we feel. There's this confidence that Saudi Arabia and Russia will, at some point in time, cut production, boost demand. But no, not boost demand. Cut production, which cuts supply. When demand picks back up, they're going to say, hey, we only got 50 million barrels to sell you. But we thought there was going to be 200 million, but we only got 50 because we cut production. It's the classic supply and demand. Now, again, here's where I get a little bit crazy on OPEC. Because I'm a little bit crazy. If you haven't figured that out yet, you should. I get a little bit uh, crazy because they say, you know, hey, we're going to pump 100 million barrels or 200 million barrels or 300 million barrels. If Intel did that with semiconductors, because semiconductors get smaller, cheaper, cheaper every year. If Intel said, you know, we can make CPUs, and if how about if we and AMD get together and say we're we're both going to cut production. And we want double for it. So next year, semiconductors get smaller, but instead of cheaper and faster, they get more expensive, and they don't actually have to throttle up the speed because you have no choice. I do not like markets like OPEC. Target's starting to limit the number of customers in their stores. That's interesting how that's slowly developing. I was in a Safeway yesterday, and it felt like, and I know this is going to be rude and upsetting to some people, but it felt like safe uh, shopping for groceries in the time of war. There's stand five feet apart from each other. 
only go up the aisles with the arrows, going up, come back the aisles. Every two minutes, there was make sure to maintain proper distancing. And it was kind of like this, this speaker telling me, you know, six feet apart, do not cough in anyone's direction. <laughs> I've, I did not think we would get there, but Target's starting to do some more of that as well. So, um, and they're supplying their employees with masks and gloves. And that's all good stuff right now. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Watch the markets, relax, enjoy.